Hey there, it's Preston here. And before we get started with today's show, I want to share a fun new opportunity with you. We're preparing to launch Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10 minute episodes addressing a singular specific question from one of you. If you've ever wanted to promote your business on our show, but don't have enough questions to fill a full episode, this is your chance. Just submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask, and we'll give your business a plug and include our best short answers to your question. As always, we can't do this show without you. So visit freelance2founder.com slash ask today and submit a question. You can send a text to record audio or make a quick video, and it just takes a few minutes at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We can't wait to hear from you. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, do you ever feel like freelancing and entrepreneurship are just one crazy roller coaster ride? Well, in my conversation today with two friends, Daryl and Micah, we talk all about how to convert the roller coaster of business from something negative and scary to something positively exciting. We explore how to tap into the freelancing community, how to build a solid foundation for your business, how to leverage your knowledge, and how to go after what you really want in life and work. Join us after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee from Milo.co, and my friend Clay from GetDripify.com, who's usually here with me, is off today. As many of you know, he's got a new baby at home, so we try to give him some time off every once in a while. But I'm joined by some other friends of mine, uh, Daryl and Micah, who are joining me on the air today. We'll do intros in just a minute, but Daryl and Micah, welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, so glad to be here. (laughs) We're excited to have you. Micah, why don't you start off by uh, telling us just quickly who you are and what you work on. Yeah, my name's Mike DeYoung. Um, I'm currently a PR specialist at a church in um, Colorado called Flatirons, um, and then relaunching my freelance career working with personal brands. I love it. Perfect. And and Daryl, can you give us a quick intro? Yeah. Hi, I'm Daryl Kelly. Hope everyone is having a great day. Uh, I am the founder of HecticApp.com, uh, along a, a lot of other things as well. Uh, HecticApp.com, um, we are trying to make freelancing for everyone by creating a place where anyone, no matter where they're at in their stage of their career, can start, manage, and grow their freelancing business in a really sustainable way. Um, I also do a lot of volunteering. I sit on a few boards. Uh, and I also am a freelance photographer and a consultant as well. So a little bit of everything and um, really love the opportunity that we get to have and catch up as both founders and uh, freelancers here (laughs) across the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. And teasing a little bit about what the episode will be about today. uh, You know, we we were discussing, Daryl, you and I uh, have known each other for a little while here and you've probably heard us talking about Hectic a lot. That's because I personally have fallen in love with the idea of Hectic. I think uh, I think they're doing some really, really cool stuff for freelancers. So we'll we'll make sure there's a link in our show description for Hectic, of course, and you can check that out uh, for yourself, listeners. But um, Daryl and his team are just doing some really great stuff. Uh, and and we were talking recently, Daryl, about this like roller coaster idea of freelancing and 
becoming a founder and and um, just entrepreneurship in general. And and Micah's story came up where he's had the same roller coaster ride that we've all experienced a little bit, and we just thought, why not? Hop on an episode, talk a little bit through the idea of like managing that roller coaster and maybe some ways to help anyone who feels like they're on a roller coaster or scared to jump on the roller coaster. How can how can they maybe mitigate risk, maybe um maybe level out the roller coaster a little bit more? It's you know, obviously it's very, very common, but but how can we sort of limit the negative impacts uh that that roller coaster of of entrepreneurship and freelancing can bring? So Daryl, I'd love for you to kick us off here. Where where do you think this conversation needs to start in terms of, um, you know, how do we how do we sort of frame this idea of like roller coaster entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I think the way to start is one to go. We're all on a roller coaster and realize that we're all in that space together mm-hmm. because I think that freelancing can be a very individual type craft and career. I mean, that's why it's called solopreneurism. However, there is this collective community that is around us. And I think that's number mm. one, uh, the most important piece. And you know, for anyone that's been listening to the show for a while, uh, you, every episode, like that piece of connection that you know, you're getting with, with Clay and you're getting with Preston, like that's a part of embracing community. And so I think number one, a part of that roller coaster, right? We're all on it. And because we're all on it, we're all on it at different stages. So some people may mm. be reaching that peak. Okay, great. If someone's reaching that peak, you may be able to connect and help or support or be a part of that. While you may be kind of creeping down into the valley, you know, you, there's a few clients that are a little unstable. Maybe a good way to reach out to additional freelancers. And so for me, that roller coaster, you know, number one is embracing the collectivism of freelancing. It's an amazingly incredible world. Uh, on our podcast, we had someone on a few weeks ago. Her name is Paris Athena, and she was talking about how how she goes to Twitter and just asks for help. She's like, I don't know how to start an LLC. Can someone help me? Or (laughs) I don't know what to do with this contract. Can someone help me? And her community just surrounds her with resources. And so I think number one, it's leaning into that concept of, of, of... getting out mm-hmm. of the shame cycle, the fear cycle, and going, I know that there's people that are out there that are on this journey with me. They may either be ahead of me or I may be able to help someone behind me. Let's make this yeah. a roller coaster that's not just like a single person roller coaster, but we're all on it together yeah. as a way for us to help this space grow <laughs> and thrive like never before. It's certainly much less intimidating when you look at it that way. You know, I had recently, so we've got three kids at home, and right now my wife is so very busy just being a full-time mom. Um, but in, in a, a year or two, all of our kids are going to be in school all day. And so she's like sort of exploring options of what to do next. Uh, and she said to me, like, where did you learn to do all this business stuff, right? She obviously knows that I run my own business. And, um, and she goes, you know, where did you learn all that? I'd like to learn some of that. And while I did learn some of it at university and school, uh, most of it, like I have just learned as I've connected with people, like you're saying, Daryl, as I've, like, I feel like if, as long as I can remember, if I ever heard someone worked for themselves, I would like take them to lunch or whatever and just pick their brain. And bit by bit, you start to piece together all the things that need to happen. I, I can still remember the person who first taught me about how to do insurance for yourself, like health insurance for yourself, because that's one of the biggest concerns of of taking your own business, uh, like starting freelancing and and I still remember the first person who taught me like how to upload a product and sell it online. And of course, that didn't didn't used to be quite as easy as it is today. We're talking like twelve years ago, but um, I just it's it, I love that idea of like tapping into a community. Um, it's there for you. It it it's I mean, it, it exists. You just have to make yourself available to it and know that it's out there. Yeah, and it exists in so many different forms. Yeah. The second piece to this, um, as you're talking, is of course what we are so passionate about at Hectic is the right platform. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've been a freelance photographer um, for about 16 years now. And it's also where Hectic was born from is this concept of it's really easy to get lost in the details of freelancing, mm, to get lost yeah, in, sure. okay, proposals. Oh my gosh, I have to send this proposal out. And you, you just can get so overwhelmed. I remember that I had my first commercial contract and they're like, I need you to send me a proposal. And you know, I'm an MBA. I worked in the enterprise. I've you know, had a very successful career. And as soon as they said, I need you to send me a proposal... 
oh my gosh, I got so overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, there's so much that has (laughs) to go into that. Like I know what a good proposal looks like. And so, you know, I procrastinated a little bit. And, you know, while I'm lucky lucky enough to still have gotten that job, it took me two and a half weeks to get a proposal together. And I know they're like, what is this guy doing? Uh, And so (laughs) everyone out there that's like maybe been a little bit scared or overwhelmed or maybe have procrastinated, you know, when someone asked for a contract the first time or a proposal for the first time, you're not alone. So many of us are out there and there's probably people listening to this right now that this is giving them the inspiration to go, okay, I'm just going to get the dang thing done. Do the proposal. <laughs> uh, it's a lot less intimidating than it, it may seem. And also, if you're working with a client that's asking for that, that means that you're likely leveling up your career, which is a really good thing because one, it's protecting your business more. And then it's more clients that are in the world that you know can write big checks. Like I remember that was the biggest check that I <laughs> yeah. got. And yeah. it's because you know you have to write the proposal, have the proposal accepted, go through contracting and that whole concept. And so that's somewhat of where Hectic was born from is this concept of like, we're all freelancers and the hard things can be a lot harder than they have to be without the right tools and, and foundation. Yeah. So that's yeah. where Hectic was born. Um, you know, I'll do just a quick little Hectic piece here. But it's also why you know with Hectic, we have a, an essentials pre- plan that has everything that you would need to start managing girl freelancing careers. So proposals and contracts and project management, like real project management, which is really important. Time tracking, all these pieces are just tied so well together where they're just not a collection of individual tools, but tools that work together so you can just go, I can take a breath and these things (laughs) are working really well in the background. Like for us, our goal is truly to make freelancing for everyone. And Essentials is a way to help level the playing field to make it easy to build that foundation. Because the roller coaster is going to happen. The the peaks and the valleys, etc. But when you have a good foundation underneath you, one by community two by platform. And then three, what Preston was referencing is the education piece. When his wife is talking to him, how did you learn these things? How are you learning things? Yes, some of it's coming from community. But a lot of it's coming from, I got to learn some additional hard skills or some additional soft skills or some freelancing specific skills, whatever that may be. The education element is also an important important Mm -hmm. building block to um, growing a successful career. And then the last piece here, and this is why I'm very excited to have Micah on the show, um, you know, Preston, and what transparently why I invited a secret guest (laughs) to to your (laughs) show, um, was the fact that like there's this concept that freelancing allows us to find ourselves like no other profession or career is able to do, thus all thus contributing in our highest nature, our highest per, our hardest, uh, way of uh, uh, giving back and, and leaving, living our most creative selves is because we learn so much about who we are and what we can contribute. And then also mm. what we're not good at. And instead of being in a traditional you know, corporate environment where you're like, I just have to be good at everything. you know, With freelancing, you can one, go back and reach out to your community. If you're a great graphic designer, but you're not so great at branding, whatever that may be, it makes it about that collective. And so what I love about freelancing is that concept of you get to learn who you are, what you're really, really great at, and do that well. And so for me, it's those four components that make the roller coaster one exciting, right? And then two, make the roller coaster a little bit easier. You know, when the valley, when it gets when it's going down, or you're getting to that top, you're doing it with you know a, a collective. You're doing it with the with this community. You have a good platform underneath you. You have good education that's around you, and then you're learning who you are and what you can contribute. And it just builds on top of each other in a beautiful way. So I'll get off my yeah. tangent now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I think that's spot on. In fact, one thing, you know, as you were talking, like I love that you said uh that that a roller coaster can be exciting. Obviously, like that's, you know, when you think of an actual roller coaster, that's that's what you think is you think this is gonna be fun and exciting. And then you think about a roller coaster in business and somehow we change the connotation of what it means to be on a roller coaster and we're like, oh, that's going to be terrible. In reality, like the what I love about freelancing and running my own business is, yes, it, there is a bit of a roller coaster element to it. Part of my job is to like minimize that. But part of my job is also just sometimes to hang on and like really enjoy it and lean yeah. into um, the ups and downs and the curves and, and really make the most of them. So I love that you brought that up. One thing as we uh, transition in a second here to hear from Micah, One thing that I was reminded of too, Daryl, while you were talking was something that I talk about on the show all the time, which is the book, The E-Myth Revisited, where it talks about like you might be a great artist or a great baker or a great whatever photographer in your case, right? And and you, in fact, a lot of us find ourselves before we ever decide to to start a business. And coming back to the the example um, of my wife, you know, she's a quilter. She she um, 
creates the most beautiful like fabric. She'll do quilts and bags and like all sorts of handmade things like that. And but she it she isn't passionate like I am about the business side, right? And there's so many people like that. And without, like you said, the right education or the right platform or the right community behind us, it's so hard to to even know where to begin or how to get our footing or how to make any progress. Um, and so I, I know, Micah, maybe that's been a little bit your experience is like you've been maybe passionate about some or, or thought you were passionate about some things. You got really into it and then maybe found out like just wasn't for you despite the maybe the revenue or whatever. Like, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's resonating? What are you hearing over there in terms of what relates to your story? What are you picking up? Yeah, well, I think one of the funniest parts, Preston, is that like the question that your wife's asking you of how do you learn this? My mom literally asked me the same thing like within the (laughs) past six months of like, (laughs) <laughs> so a little bit about my story. I'm a college dropout. I, I, I dropped out of um, hospitality school to to help run a, a small business, and then just kind of school of hard knocks. I guess <laughs> I guess you could say um, I have made pretty much every single mistake in the book in order to get to where I am now, um, including founding and and losing two companies, um, but. Yeah, it, it's it's just so funny thinking back on the roadmap to where I got and kind of the people who helped along the way. Um, like like Daryl was talking about finding that community, finding the the network of inspiration, um, and how how freelancing um, really did help me kind of find myself after um, after I lost a business and, and, and went through a divorce. So I guess that's a, a, a good teaser. I'll go ahead and <laughs> share <laughs> share a little bit about my story. Um, this was about eight years ago. I, I founded, I co-founded a um, uh, basically a website startup with my now ex-wife, um, selling some some digital products, mostly based around um, yoga workouts and all that sort of stuff. And within six months, it just blew up out of control. (laughs) It went from like hiring a photographer to take photos and then finding a graphic designer to build an ebook and then uh, working with a website designer to build a Squarespace to figure out how to to sell something and then like (laughs) integrating Stripe into that and <laughs> yeah. figuring out all of the little tiny pieces that that's involved that I guess that used to be involved with just trying to sell something online. Selling a product. Yeah. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. 
Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. I, I'm curious too, like, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about community and who, where did you, because like all this stuff you're talking about, the graphic design, the Stripe setup, the web design, the et cetera, et cetera, that's all like, it's all sort of setup stuff. Where did you learn like the, the, the sales piece, the marketing piece? Did you have a background in that? Did your wife, ex-wife have a background in that? Where, where did that come from? Or, or what, did you find some sort of community you could tap into? Yeah, so I mean, I think <laughs> I think my my sales background goes all the way back to like being in elementary school. Uh, we we lived next to a golf course, and I would <laughs> find golf balls on the the side of the road, and then sell them to golfers after they <laughs> lost nice. their golf balls. <laughs> sell them um, their own, yeah, sell them their own back. Very yeah, nice. and then give them an upsell, sell them a coke as well. <laughs> but um, so there's always there's been kind of a little bit of that intrinsic. Um, sales ability that just came natural t- to me, but then um, it really started when I uh, when I left college and started working with that small business. Um, I was doing door to door marketing for a dry cleaning pickup and delivery service. Got um, it. So you you like you said, school of hard knocks, like learning oh, yeah. sales and marketing <laughs> just by doing it. Yeah, uh, I spent yeah two summers. Probably knocked on ten thousand doors. Um, with, I mean, if you've ever done door to door sales, it's like ninety five percent rejection rate. Yeah, but yeah. it teaches you a lot. Um, and that essentially taught me the chops. To um, I ended up working. I got an interview with a company called Epsilon, and ended up running um, consumer uh, consumer marketing for all the General Motors in the state of Kentucky. So I had. 74 General Motors dealership that I had to meet um, with every six weeks um, and essentially not only do their marketing for them, but then sell them on the marketing idea. Um, so, and this was all before like I even knew that kind of freelancing <laughs> was a thing. So, like Daryl, you talked about having to write a proposal. That part came easy to me because I had two years of like making five proposals a day to CEOs. <laughs> but um, the funny part was like, uh, I eventually left Epsilon and um, started this business with my ex-wife. And I remember having to write my first proposal as a freelancer and I knew exactly what I wanted to write. I just didn't know the format. And I spent two weeks like finding softwares and formats. I ended up hiring a graphic designer to like just put together a proposal for me of that was basically just a word doc um, and spending way too much time just trying to come up with the medium yeah. to have people like take me professionally almost. I think I think over the years like that has deterred so many people from working for themselves, right? It's just like I you know, maybe I'm a great photographer or a marketer or I'm a designer and I enjoy this kind of stuff, but I I can't for the life of me put together a proposal or I really hate it because it takes a week to put together like you were saying Daryl like it just I put it off and just really don't enjoy the process. And there's so many good tools out there now. Um hectic being at the top of my list for for managing like all of that stuff that before maybe you hated <laughs> or you ha- or you were scared of or it, it bogged you down or whatever the idea is like you you get through that stuff less painfully or or even painlessly and and definitely more quickly and get back to the kind of work that you really enjoy doing and the stuff that that moved your business forward like all that all, yes proposals are important but only in as much as you complete them and move on to the ne- next thing right <laughs> um like if a proposal you spend five weeks on is most likely not going to be any more valuable than a proposal you spend a week on. And so it's important to like move through those administrative tasks quickly and get back to you know the creative work, the, the actual billable work that you can bill your clients for. 
And so when I think about hectic as well, we, so I, this is so organic how Micah's talking about this stuff. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should. Because I, what I don't want to do is I hate when people come on, you know, founders come on to podcasts and their shows and it's like, it's one long pitch. I definitely don't want this to feel this way. And I saw a great opportunity to explain a few things that we do specifically different at Hectic is because yes, those hard things, you know, what we call those like, these are the peak moments, right? Those moments where you're like, I know that there's goodness on the other side of that, but I need to get to that peak, right? Those peak moments, you know, it's sending a proposal. It's now sending a contract and then it's sending invoice. Like those are some of those like peak moments. You're like, oh my gosh, like first invoice, first contract, ongoing invoice, ongoing contract. And so when we think about proposals specifically, when you're creating a proposal, you shouldn't just be creating a proposal. That proposal then comes a con- becomes a contract. That contract now becomes mm. a project. And so we make that very simple. So when you're building a proposal, we do it in a way where it's very organic to, okay, here's the deliverables. Okay, great. When you're thinking about those deliverables as your scope of work, right? What you need for a contract, what you need for a proposal. Once that's then e-signed, it then becomes a uh, project in your project management tool. And again, like these are the kind of pieces where we are very close to the pains. You know, like Micah is a hectic customer, <laughs> right? And so we're we're very close to these pains of like it's not just about sending that proposal. It's then okay. Well, what do I do with this proposal after? Okay, well, I have to do the work. Okay, well, how do I manage the work? Like, you shouldn't have to think about that. You already did the proposal. That's the work of doing the mo- work of managing the work, right? And so for us, it's like proposal should then become project. And now that that project is created, those deliverables, if you're tracking time against it, should track directly there. And then with automatic invoicing, it's going to take at, you know, either weekly or bi weekly or at the end of the month or in the project. It'll take all the time that you worked on that project and help you build an invoice, right? And so a lot of those pieces and components that can feel scary, we're trying to help make that barrier of entry a lot easier because, you know, to your point, Preston, like your wife, like if she could go, hey, you know what? Like, I don't have to worry about all this stuff. Like, I don't want to, you know, send it off, right? I don't necessarily want to have, you know, an admin person that's doing all the work. I want to know what I'm doing here, but I want it to be a lot easier. For us, it's about lowering that barrier to entry. So, okay, there's my quick tangent. I'm going to digress now because I do want to lean more into your story. I think it's, Micah. I think it's spot on because, uh, you know, like it, it's kind of like what Micah's saying. Like when, when he first did it, he had to hire all these individual people. And it's like both on, both on the execution side in terms of, creative software or sales software or web design software like all, all of that is so much more approachable I mean if I think if I think back I guess almost 15 years now when I first tried and gave you know gave online business a shot like it was so different I had to learn so much about development and code and like all this stuff that you don't really have to learn anymore in order to yeah. sell something online and and it's it's starting to be the same now also with with service-based businesses, like instead of having four different tools or resources you have to use to do all the administrative work, you can do it all in one place. Yeah. All right, so, Micah, uh, tell us. So, tell us what went, happened. Tell us what happened with this um, this business that that blew up. Yeah. Hey, so, Micah, oh, before my- you do that, I wanted to go back to a point where you said, "Oh, I just learned a lot of this stuff along the way." I yep. think a lot mm-hmm. of freelancers do that, and we discounted because you know, like so many people now, like I volunteer with and, and work with a lot of uh, Gen Z, you know, people that are just coming out of high school, just in college, mm. or just starting college, and they discount. Like, oh, I'm not interested in doing this as a degree. I've already learned video production or video editing in, mm. in high school because of YouTube. Don't discount that. Like, if that's your experience that you have, it's valuable and it's monetizable. You know, I know my good mm-hmm. discounting it, but it was just interesting how like that casually came off. You know, it was like, oh, I was a dropout here, but then I learned all these pieces along the way. It's so important. The things that you've learned along the way are going to be the things that ultimately help you stand apart. And they're that's also so when you realize it, you're like, oh, wait, I do know how to do this thing. Or <laughs> I know that I'm capable of finding this out because I found out something similar before. So I just wanted to, you know, piggyback on that yeah. for a second. That's so true. Like I my first job out of college um it was not an entry level job and and I sort of you know applied for it not thinking I'd get it or whatever and and it came down to me and obviously another person and ultimately when I was more comfortable with my boss I said like what what made me stand out what made the difference and it turns out it wasn't anything in regards to like my formal education but I had while I was a student I had taken the things I was learning and then I had augmented that with my own learning and I had started um, my own blog, right? And and that was 
the marketing I had done, it was a marketing position. So the marketing I had done in growing my own blog and learning some of those things my fellow students hadn't learned um, by just getting out and doing it on their own was actually what set me apart and helped me get that that um, better job out of college than I maybe would have otherwise. So I, I, I actually value real-world experience way above formal education in a lot of yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, great. That's actually yeah, that's how I ended up landing the position with Epsilon. I mean, at the time it was a Fortune 100 company. Um I got I got lucky to to get an interview because I had a connection there and um my boss told me after after he gave me an offer letter, he was like, "Man, in the interview, I kept thinking why did I take this interview? This guy is not qualified for the job. Um, and then <laughs> the one part that stood out to him was essentially just like my ability to ask for the deal. So at the very end of the interview, he said, so on a level of one to 10, like how interested in this job are you? And I was like, you know, I think I'm a seven. But with a $10,000 signing bonus, you could get me to a nine. <laughs> and at that moment, he was like, I knew you were our guy because like, we can teach you all of the specifics, but uh, you can't teach somebody the balls to just ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. So let's, let's, I want to make sure, I want to make sure as we're going through here that we're, that we're, I I loved sort of this this um, foundation you gave us at the top of the show, Daryl, and that is like community platform. I feel like we've talked a lot about community and platform. We've talked now about education. Um, I guess like the only thing I I see left that that we want to make sure we incorporate is is this idea of like finding yourself. I know, uh, Micah, you told me that before we hit record that that your roller coaster journey it was like this first business sort of toppled off, uh, and and you ended up. Uh, taking another job, which led to more freelance work and you started building an agency. And then what happened with your agency? Yeah. So, um, we, we built an agency, uh, myself and and two buddies at the perfect time of November, 2019. (laughs) Um, and I I think all the listeners can tell where this story is about to go, but, um, we launched it hard, got a ton of new clients, um, brought everybody on board and we're just operating at, at a really high level. I think we made two hires within the first three months. Um, and then COVID happened and our, our agency was specializing in doing marketing for restaurants and service-based industries. Oh boy. (laughs) So literally within a week, we, yeah, we went from billing $30,000 a month to $700 a month and like just had that one fun call of, well, guys, I can't feed my family off this anymore. I got to do something else. Um, and yeah, that just kind of threw me into it threw me into a little bit of a spiral um, of kind of like figuring out, okay, do I like this agency side of things or am I more on the consulting side of things? Mm. What's the type of client that I'm actually like, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to talk to them versus like, oh, I have this call in 10 minutes. Um, and over the course of a couple of years and, and um, landing a consistent paycheck at my current job, I realized like it, it's this, this personal brand, um, this concept of, of a personal brand of somebody who, who has a message that they want to get to the world. Um, but the concept of like doing anything other than standing on a stage and speaking or writing a book is just overwhelming to them. So it's this conglomerate of like, how do we make graphics? How do we run social media? How do we build a mm, website? Yeah. How do we hire It's really what we've been talking about, right? It's like yep. they're great at, at, at what you said, like the, the onstage, the, the presence, the influence, all of that stuff. But they're not great at all of these other marketing tasks. Yeah, well, and I mean, influencer is a hard job to scale uh, at the end of the day as well sure. because like, sure. it's just you. And unless you're in kind of that 1% of the top of the top, um, then it's always a hustle. Um, but like m- most people who who have a message don't realize... like So they think that their message is so unique 
that it can't be can't be duplicated. Um, and that's that's one of the fun things about freelancers is um, that's that's usually our job, especially in the copywriting world, um, to capture somebody's voice uh, and duplicate their message. So you're essentially mm-hmm. like taking one influencer and then giving them 48 hours in a day. Um, and then if that same influencer can hire a copywriter um, and kind of kind of use the Rory Vaden content diamond approach of take this core piece of content that can transfer into dozens of pieces of content. Like that's a, that's a skill that is, is hard to identify and most people don't even know that it can be done. Yeah, 100%. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask, Mike, so how do you balance all of it well? You know, I think I've been meaning to ask you this personally. (laughs) It's just like, oh, I'll just do it on the show now that we're here. But how do you balance all of it well? Because it seems like, one, I know the demands of your full-time job. And yet, you know, just recently, you're like, okay, now I'm launching this again. And I love that it came from like, what do I want to do? I think that Mm self-reflection is really important. And it's almost like when people think about freelancing, like it's a luxury to freelance because you get to truly ask, what do I love? And what are the things that I don't love? And then you can go build a brand off of the things that you love. But how do you do the balance thing well? Because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, you know what? I have to work a full-time job because it's the paycheck. Like it's not the vision, but it's a paycheck for now. How are you doing all of this stuff well? Yeah, well, <laughs> in my current stage, we just had a lot of chaos happen um, at my full-time job this past week. So I would say currently I'm not doing it well. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's that concept of like, there's no such thing as work-life balance. There's ebbs and flows. Like sometimes you have mm-hmm. to just really buckle down and and work hard. And for me, that that means showing up at my full-time job uh, two hours before we actually open so I can leave earlier and uh, meet with potential clients between like three and five. Um, But then also having a roadmap and (laughs) another hectic plug going on. Um, I actually didn't realize how much I needed a roadmap in my full-time job um, because I, I hopped onto hectic Strictly to use the the project management tool because it's very it's very similar to Trello but a lot simpler to use and I can track like contractor and other freelancers um, times in there so it made invoicing a breeze but then it's like oh but you're skipping over this proposal and this project and <laughs> I get two weeks into managing this project and I'm like oh I don't even know what the goal of this project is or what success looks like out of this so um, it was kind of that regrounding into the original roadmap of like you have to have a proposal in order to have clarity on what you're working for in order to know when you have success. Um, so I, th- I think going back, it's like making sure all of those key pieces, not necessarily the, the tactics, but the overall strategy of like why you're doing something, how you're going to do it, and then what success looks like is one of the, um, the, the foundational pieces that like that's that's what I do on my entry call. It's like 15 minutes. What do you want to do? Like, what are you looking to get out of this? How are we going to to go about it? And what does success look like? And if we can't can't answer those questions, like that's not a client I can take on. Um, so there's just a, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I love that question of like what does success look like? And not just for your clients, but also as you manage, you know, coming back to Daryl's question, it's like how do you how do you manage the balance between all the different things you have to do? What does success look like for you personally? Because if you're not careful, you know, you can we talk about the roller coaster of business, like it can take you places you may not want to end up being. You know, I so I I was my business was a side hustle for boy, seven years uh, before I took it full time. And and for me, like success was always like building it to a point where I could take it full time. But then once that happened, the definition of success changed because um, now success for me looks like having a, a ton of free time to be with my family, with my kids um, and with hobbies and like not being chained to a desk or an office that I have to 
be at all day, every day, and constantly be worried about uh, if I'm going to lose my job or if I'm going to if I'm going to get the next promotion or whatever, and not being tied like to a financial limit based on my salary. And there's just like there's all of this stuff now that's part of what does success look like for me. But it helps me then balance. You know, I could work more hours. I, I for sure could work more hours. I uh, I could probably work harder in the time that I'm at my desk. But but because I've sort of built a vision for what I want my business to look like in terms of how it interacts with my life, um, I choose to build my business in a certain way, right? And I think that can be really important as as you, like you said, Daryl, the roller coaster is going to happen. The issue is like I can't let it take take over my life like the vision for my life and my personal yeah. happiness i can't you know chase the highest of high peaks if that's not really what's going to bring me happiness and i think unfortunately a lot of freelancers maybe maybe ride the roller coaster and just let it take control of their life and of their work life balance um as instead of you know taking control of it themselves i don't know what do you guys think yeah, um, I have so many I, thoughts, but I want Micah to go first. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's really interesting because, like, my 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 first business that I ever started blew up my first marriage. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I resonate so much with with what you're talking about. Of like, yes, you can work more hours, and yes, you can scale, and yes, you can grow something, but at what cost? Um, and right, it's really exactly. funny. I went to. Uh, Jordan Peterson was in Denver last night and I went to um, his event, which is essentially like an hour and a half lecture with 3,000 people. It was mind-boggling. But he had a quote um, that I'm pulling up. Um, it was, find the time to make it work um, or let your marriage fall apart and then the time will be stolen from you. Um, so I guess that's kind of specific to like people people who are married of like you, you you have to find this time to to balance both work and and life and relationships um otherwise of, of if you don't if you only prioritize one thing in your life it will like there's a high probability that it will ruin the other aspects of yeah. of your life and i mean i like I lived through that. It knocked me out for two years. Yeah. Um, well, and it's interesting how we talk about work-life balance, right? Like Micah, you even said it not not to call you out, but like you even said, um, there's no such thing as work-life balance. There's always going to be an ebb and a flow, and sometimes you just have to work really hard. And we mm-hmm. always say that, right? Or like there's not real work-life balance. Sometimes you just have to really work hard. And rarely do we say sometimes you just have to really take a lot of time off and be with your loved ones. Like we never mm. we never say that. Um, and because we we do tend to like value as a society, especially in this like entrepreneur, freelancer, um, founder society and like um, and, and community, like we tend to I think overvalue like the hustle and overvalue just busyness for busyness sake. I think there's real power in as we talk about like finding yourself, you know, um, and and identifying what you really want and what does success look like. For me, like that's all core to my my happiness, and and if you forget about that piece, coming back to your the quote you read, Micah, like if you forget about that piece, it it'll just disappear. Like it, you know, work will very very easily just oh take over your life. I'm so glad we're talking about this because there is a <laughs> there is a dark side to to freelancing. There's a dark side sure. to being an entrepreneur, sure. and I think that because the society does not talk about this enough, like you know, to your point, like there's what I call you know, I'm not going to label it, but uh, well, no, I will. It's the to- the toxic hustlers, right? Like you mm-hmm. you got your yeah. Gary V's out there totally. and your Grant Cardons, and they're like, if you're not waking up at 4 a.m., you're not <laughs> yeah. good enough. And, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, come on, like that's it's not realistic. You know, I, I want to have you know one marriage, or I want to have this, or I want this is a different yeah. level of success yeah. because it's like we can't just look at the work as the output and the measure of our life. We have to have more than that. And like, if you're listening to this and you're a freelancer and you're like, okay work is this to me, but what else is it? Like bring all the components of what Mm. you want freelancing to be for you and be selfish with it. Like this is an opportunity to go, what is it I really want? Because if you're just going to replicate the career that you just left, but then say this is a freelancing career now, just stay at your job. Like it's going to, like at the end of the day, you'll have more vacation time. Like you'll get more from it if you just stay at your job. However, if you are going to freelance, 
do it with the most intention of something bigger than just working yourself to death. Now, yes. I agree with Micah. There may be seasons. Like we all know that there's going to be Absolutely. seasons of like, you know what? I'm grinding through this season. You have to know you're in that season. If you don't know that you're in that season of like, this is two weeks and I have... I have Preston holding me accountable to it, and I have Micah holding me accountable to it. I'm saying, Micah, I'm working, you know, extreme hours for the next, you know, <laughs> two weeks, right? Whatever that is, yeah. when you yeah. have a sprint. But then you know what? I'm disconnecting for a week because I need to mm. rest and recover. You know, like exactly. I think about athletes. Professional athletes don't just work, right? A part of their training is massive recovery. And I think we don't follow that same practice with work. And so if mm-hmm. we if we're going to have the ultimate output, it is the balance of all of it, but it takes us being very very focused on asking ourselves the question, what is it I want? What does success look like? And then also going a little yeah. bit deeper and going well, what's my fear in all this? Because if we're mm-hmm. that fear race, like I just need to be successful. Okay, great. Well, what does successful look like? Or if you feel your fear of failure, okay, but what does failure look like? And why are you afraid of that? Like you have to lean into this. And like I think what's important about having Micah here is that we have to know ourselves really, really dang well as freelancers, mm-hmm. or we will be a part of that toxic culture. Well, and I think with that, like a really important aspect is like having a vision of how freelancing coordinates with your life. Like <laughs> I know right now I'm trying to start a freelance career. So in five years, I have a network large enough that um, I don't have to like <laughs> do all of, I don't have to do the the network building um, mm-hmm. so I can enjoy my life. So I can take a month off and go on a road trip <laughs> um, across yeah. California and all of that sort of stuff. But it takes time to get there. Um, yeah, and I think I think keeping, like you're saying, Micah, that vision out there on the horizon, that helps us inform then the short-term decisions that we mm-hmm. have to make, right? Like if, if, I, if I have a vision, and I, I'm not a huge fan of like three-year goals, five-year goals, 10-year goals, because I think things just change like so quickly to make you know, these solidified goals that, that help me feel like a failure or a success. I'm just not, it's for me, it's not healthy. But what I do love is like this vision, this idea of like, regardless of how I get there in, in 10 years, I'd love to be, you know, like you're saying, or, or in a year or whatever it is, I'd love to have a network that, um, I can reach out to so that I can take a whole month off. And like the, the vision is like, I can take a month off and go on a road trip and my business will stay in business. Right. And and now that informs your short term decisions. That might mean a little more hustle now, or it might mean, you know, building in um, building in processes into your business so that when you get to that point, you can leave and the whole business doesn't rely on you. And I love how long term visions can can really inform your short term decisions. Yeah, and the fact that you called it a long term, right? Because you're not saying this is going to happen tomorrow. Also, yeah. in that, right? Like, I think we need to have be a little bit more realistic on how long things take. And I like that sure. you're like, this yeah. is going to be five years before I develop that community because it's going to give you permission to go. You know what? A two week break isn't going to affect a five year idea of what right. I. Do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just brings us to reality so much better. Yeah, yeah, whenever I'm setting up visions like that, it's what would I be like? What's the time frame that if I don't hit it in this time frame, I'd be very embarrassed <laughs> like, <laughs> just to, to add that margin? Because I, knowing myself, like I know I'm gonna hustle, and like I love beating deadlines. Um, but there's nothing worse than being late on a deadline, whether that's a deadline I set with a client yeah. or like a personal deadline. I think it can be important too to uh, not attach your self worth as a person to these goals that you set. So mm. you you might have huge roller coaster goals for your business, right? And you might say like I'm, I want to reach that peak of the roller coaster, and then the actual peak of your business's roller coaster in terms of revenue might be you know three quarters of what you were hoping it would be. And but you're not a failure. You've 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 reached heights you've never reached before, right? But just because it doesn't reach some number you made up three years ago doesn't mean that you've failed. It just means that it was different than you expected. And so I think we need to make sure that in this hustle culture, we aren't attaching our personal self-worth to the dollar signs or or the bottom line of our business. Well, and that also, that brings up this, this idea, I, I forget where I heard it, but it's like celebrating along the way of if mm, you set a yeah. goal or a vision, yeah. like 
set key points where it's just like you can take a moment, sit, look back at what you've accomplished and like actually celebrate. It it gives your your brain an opportunity to actually like yeah. appreciate what you've done from a psychological perspective and keeps you from like always striving for for more and never being enough. That's spot on. You, you guys today we've talked a little bit about um tapping into a, a community uh, really finding connection, especially as a freelancer or as a as someone trying to scale up uh, their business, and and learning from that community to to really make uh, decisions and learn new skills. Having the right platform under you, something like a hectic or a tool that can really help your business run smoothly when you're a, a great creative, but you're maybe not first and foremost an entrepreneur, or an executor, or an operations person. We, we've talked a little bit about uh, education, how that can impact your freelance career and becoming a founder and you know formal education versus less <laughs> less traditional education or, or school of hard knocks like Micah was telling us about and then I've loved this portion about like finding yourself identifying your vision finding a good work life balance whether you believe that exists or not I suppose um, but really just like finding the right mix between work and 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 maybe the more important things in your life I feel like we've tackled a lot today in about 45 minutes, Daryl and Micah. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for, for just um, being really open and sharing your ideas with us. Is there anything here in the last minute or so that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. Hey, love yourself along the way. I think that we mm-hmm. undervalue how much of a resource we are in our ability to create. Um, and so love yourself along the way. You're doing the best you can. and um, there's something to be said about that. So uh, collect the small milestones, give yourself hugs and high fives. You know, that's my, <laughs> that's what I personally do is I give myself high fives all the time. I write little notes to myself um, because look, we have to take care of ourselves along this journey and it's going to be a journey. So why not yeah. be in love with the person that's on the journey with us? I love it. Yeah. It's like I, you I, said, I, you know, the roller coaster, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. Like it's not something yeah. to be feared. It's something to be celebrated. Yeah. You can celebrate all along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I would just say, um, don't strive for perfection. It doesn't exist. Mm. <laughs> Make a decision and yeah. move forward. It's a lot easier yeah. to to pivot than it is to start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, wise parting words. Um, why don't you guys really quickly tell everyone where they can find you and then we'll sign off. Great. You can find me. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, um, the photographer in me. So that's where that's like my single social platform. Uh, it's uh, Daryl Kelly underscore. Whoever has Daryl Kelly, I would love that. Um, but Daryl Kelly <laughs> underscore and then hecticapp.com, um, where we are making uh, freelancing for everyone uh, great productivity tools and educational tools along your journey. Yeah. Perfect, Micah. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, Micah D E Y. Um, is the handle. That's mostly just kind of a expression to to, to share photography, and um, then also oh, my website, mikeadyoung.com, would be another way. You guys, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show today. We'll be sure to link all that stuff in the show description, so be sure to check that out, listeners. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, guys. Have a yeah. good one. Thank you, Preston. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.